people talking, hunters everywhere. Doesn't get any better. I, the only thing I was wondering is like, is this headset going to mess my hair up? Pretty much a one species wander. So all I know is Samba deer, but the more, the more I think I know, the more I realise I need to learn more. There's a there's a movement in the blackberry bushes and the cloak of invisibility gets switched off and Rogers appears. With the crazy world we live in today, many of us seek adventure of the unknown. Join the five of us everyday Aussies from all walks of life, share stories from men and women of all hunting camps. From tips and techniques to the emotional rollercoaster ride fulfilling a lifelong dream, there is a story to be told by all. Welcome to Hunting Camp Down Under. Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Hunting Camp Down Under. Um, this is actually podcast number two, but we had some issues with audio, but I'm sitting here with the Vice President of the SSAA's Deer Stalkers Club. You could probably be mistaken for thinking that it might be a middle-aged man sitting next to me, but it's actually a young lady in Tegan Wilson. So I'd like to welcome Tegan back on and thanks for coming on and let's, yeah, we've been looking forward to this chat. Yeah, thanks for having me. No worries. Um, Vice President of the club. Yes, very big commitment this year. Yeah. Yeah, being Vice President for only this year, so was editor of the magazine for a few years beforehand with me and my dad. Yep. He's taken on that job now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. We'll get into that a bit more anyway as we progress, but do you want to just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm an 18-year-old girl. I am currently studying pharmaceutical medication. Um, hunting is a huge passion of mine. Um, I seek to be a federal police officer in the future. That's my dream job. Um, just, yeah, doing what normal 18-year-olds do. Yeah, and you've been hunting since? Since I was about eight years old. Yeah. Camping since I can remember. Yeah. Hunting since about eight. Yeah. And siblings? you got siblings that yeah. hunt too? Oh, I've got an older brother. He's not much into it anymore since he got a girlfriend and kind of moved away from it all. And i got a little brother. Um, doesn't really seem to like it as much. It's more just he does it because we do it. Yeah. Nah. I'm the only one who really got into it, which was a bit of a surprise to Dad. Yeah. So your dad would be obviously pretty stoked to have you in the bush with him, but Very he's supportive. been a, uh, a major influence. Definitely. He's the only reason I started hunting. And to start with, it was only because I wanted to have that kind of connection and that spending that time with him, and it just grew into a passion and couldn't be happier. Yeah. Excellent. So your hunting experience, you're already quite accomplished for... For an 18-year-old, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So Can't complain. can you take us through some of that? So probably start with your Samba and then we'll move through onto some of the other species you've actually Yeah, so um, primarily we hunt Samba during the year, mainly for meat and then trophies as well. I, my first Samba, well, my only Samba stag was shot when I was about 14 years old. Yep. Um, and, but I've been with Dad for many watching him always had my junior firearms license but I never actually took a shot until I was confident yeah um I kind of uh, all kind of the spur of the moment shots and I just wasn't confident in that situation at that point in time yeah um but then obviously around hog deer season we take 10 days off and we go up and hunt the hog deers yeah give them a red hot crack um, and then every February we go to South Australia and shoot fallow and chittle deer yeah so they're what I have experienced 
lately, but definitely have bigger plans for the future. Yeah, so the samba hunting, is that local? Um, up kind of Woods Point area. We yep. have a lodge up there, so we use those facilities and it's kind of where Dad's taught himself how to hunt. Yeah. So we're all very familiar with the bush up there. Yeah, nice quite a challenging area there given... The surrounding area is hound hunted quite heavily, so very, yeah. yeah, the deer would be p- pretty educated there. So very much so. That's where it pushes us to go backpack hunting and push further into where nobody's really been. Yeah, so that's something new. It's probably the th- the thing at the moment is backcountry back hunting and trying to get away from just the the vehicle hunters and yeah, definitely yeah. trying to reach that a little bit further to where the deer have never seen people before. Yeah. And you've, you've recently been on one of those trips, just testing out some gear? Yeah, testing out some gear. We've made some modifications um, and, yeah, hopefully to go out in the next few weekends. Yeah. Try it again. Awesome. So tell us a bit about that hunt that you went on. Um, we didn't go too far from the bush. We kind of ventured to a local spot where we normally stop at when we go hunting, uh, only because if something failed with the gear, we didn't want to be miles away from the car. We still wanted to be reasonable distance so yep. that we could get there before dark if something happened. Um, we kind of just took out all the gear that we had, tested what we could, sort of played with sort of meals, see what is, was substantial enough. Um, we shared the weight between the both of us, which was a huge thing. Yeah. Um, so you didn't sm- sneak some heavy stuff into your dad's pack to make no, his a bit heavier? I, I didn't. I gave him the portable charger, though. He didn't yeah. like that one. Yeah. <laughs> Said it was useless, but um, no, it was pretty even. Yeah. So your gear, you're happy with your gear, the pack. Pack's pretty critical in that. So yeah, that the pack that I got, um, I can't remember the brand. I think it's an Opal. I'll have to get back to yeah, you on that that's one. Yeah, fine. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the pack is actually a woman's pack, so it's very slim and yeah. allows for a girl's physique, yeah. which was very essential. Very comfortable as well. Like, it's crazy when you pick them up, like, just normally, they feel so heavy, but they're on your back. You can't notice the weight because it's distributed correctly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then all the other gear we we're very happy with. Um, sleeping gear? Sleeping gear, I need to invest in a better sleeping bag. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because you don't want to be cold at night. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at getting a nice one, Planet One. Yep. Something that I can also kind of take to New Zealand as well in the future. Yep. So just invest in a really good one. Um, but apart from that, all of our gear worked really well. Yep. There wasn't anything that we missed out or that we essentially needed. Yep. All right. So your cooking gear, what, what sort of gear did you use for uh, that? Just a jet boiler. Yep. Um, one that comes with sort of like all like the pans and everything like that. Yep. Um, and we just had two metal cups that we used and yep. we mainly just lived off two minute noodles because they had the, the yep. significant salt in it, which was good because yep. we were obviously sweating and walking a lot. Um, yeah, and it kind of altered for like coffees and everything like that. So yeah. yeah, they're pretty versatile. So. Yeah, which is what we needed. Yeah, and your water, did you just carry water in or did you camp near no, a water we, source? we camped less than about 50 metres from water source, yep. so it was just a... We brought bottles to create, like, to capture the water. Yeah. But um, no, we didn't really need to carry any water in. Yeah. So, what about your tent? That's probably the piece of gear that is most likely to fail and and cause yes. your issues while you're in the remote backcountry. Yeah. So I actually never had set my tent up before going out. I uh, kind of just took a guess, look at the measurements. Are we both, my dad and myself, were using black wolf tents? Yep. 
they actually worked really well. So Dad put his outside of the fly because we thought the fly would reach, but it didn't. And he had no complaints at all. Didn't yeah. get any, obviously, the little bit of moisture you get, but no leaks, yeah. nothing. And then my tent, if anything, it's a little bit small, but yeah. it's nothing, it's not luxury out there. It's not yeah, supposed it's to be. Yeah, c- compromised for weight as exactly. well. So if you want to have more space, then you've got to be prepared to carry more weight. So exactly, yeah. Yeah. And then the, the hunt itself while you're in there, how did you just go? Um, well, we kind of wanted to see where the bushfires had burnt. So yeah. we were very unfamiliar with what area was still going to be there. That was one of the, also the aims of the trip. Um, we didn't really see much. It was very crunchy under the foot. So yeah. we kind of just didn't travel too far. Sort of where we had planned to go and around camp. But no, I didn't see any deer, unfortunately. Yeah. It was just that time of the year. Yeah, you it did have one walk through camp. Oh, yes, we did have one yes. walk through camp, yes. And I just unzipped my tent and watched it walk past. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty cool. That's Def- pretty cheeky. So Definitely you're up there looking, there's deer hunters there, and it decides it's just going to walk through your camp just to yep. thumb its nose at you, I suppose. Definitely. Yes, that was actually got the adrenaline going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's that's pretty funny. It, it, it happens more often than what you'd think. So oh, definitely. Yeah, the amount of times that you'd be camping somewhere and you get up in the morning and there's fresh marks only yeah, a stone throw. So exactly. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was. Another one was a hog deer. So you've shot hog deer, which is something that a lot of a lot yeah. of Victorians and a lot of Australians, that they're not easy to get no. public land. Probably the balloting system is is the most likely chance you're going to get to get yeah. onto them, and then private property if you're fortunate enough to have private property. But you yeah. you drew a par a par junior ballot. Yes, I did at uh, the age of 16. Actually, I was very lucky. Um, that was not just the hunt; that was awesome. Just the opportunity to watch and observe hog deer. Yeah. They obviously keep some for testing and monitoring and all that. Just the amount of knowledge that I learnt from the information weekend was pretty cool and then to be able to take one myself I was happy just to see one for the weekend yeah um was very fortunate the way they run it's very structured and I like the fact that you can only shoot a hind so that there's no competition between the juniors yeah fortunately there was a really nice about 10 inch yeah hog deer with my hind when I shot her which was pretty tempting yeah. but <laughs> just sort of had to watch um you know, that was a great experience Definitely would recommend any junior hunters to put the name put in the ballot. Definitely. Yeah. So you put into the Blonde Bay ballot as well, do you? I do, yes. Yeah. My brother was actually lucky enough to pull a Blonde Bay ballot a few years ago. Yeah. yeah unfortunately, it was like the fifth period, so you didn't really see much. It had been hunted pretty hardcore yeah, okay. by then. Yeah. Um, They're a very yeah. interesting little deer to hunt, though. So Definitely, yeah. yeah. They definitely turn nocturnal after the first like five days. A little bit of pressure on them. Yeah. No, definitely. And then we hunt um, the first 10 days of the season yep. up at Gippsland. Yeah, just... So you, you've taken a stag as well. So yes. you, you, you drew the Para Park behind ballot, but yep. then you've also taken managed a, to take in a stag yeah, so as well. So very lucky with that one. Dad was definitely very proud. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That was on a yeah, public property. Yep. Cool. So what about the check-in station? What did you think about all that? So uh, That was before everything sort of changed. It was very um, very structured. Yeah. I liked the fact that they, take, they took um, part of the tongue for testing and yeah. everything like that. Um, but now my brother shot one 
the following year and everything had changed so they had to wear high-vis vests and kind of very overboard with like the blood yeah sort of not being on the concrete um but no it was i like the way that they run it yeah so they'll take the jaw to do yeah. aging they take a bit of tongue to do a bit of dna testing they yeah. weigh them Yes, actually, yeah, it's very, very well done. Yeah, measure your your, your antlers because you can't unless you've had a processed hog deer. Yes, you can't you need get to be it able to, yep. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's you, to, the fact that you've got two hog deer and you're 18 is it's pretty incredible, really. So yeah, definitely yeah. can't complain. Very, my dad's very proud, which is the main thing. Yeah, no, that's good. Fellow deer, so fellow deer. Yes, I was lucky enough last year. Yes, last year to shoot a nice representation of a fallow deer yep. stag. Um, my goal isn't to get the biggest stag in every species. It's just to get a nice representation to put on the wall. Yeah. To me, that means more than getting a thirty-inch stag. Yeah. Which obviously is a dream, but yeah, I'm happy with a good representation. Um, yeah, it had a palm on both sides. Both got its trays, its guards. So I'm very, very happy with it. Yeah. And that was guided by a member of our club, Jerry Grundy. Yeah. A very, very good friend of mine and my family's. Um, done quite a little bit of hunting with him in the, in the past. Yeah. So he, along with your dad, he's been influential in your, your hunting journey? Very, very much so, yes. He's taught me a lot of things that um, not even my dad could teach me, just about, like, the past and to be respectful that back in the day, hunting was so, so hard and we have it so easy now that to just appreciate the animal when you take it yeah that's yeah that's thing. good and different people's perspectives so yeah it's always good to to be sharing camps with other people and get someone else's perspective on a certain situation yeah or, definitely or, unfolding or how or. they would do it or how they would tackle it sort of yeah, yeah. always eager to learn and so that definitely. that fellow buck story i recall from the last time we caught yep. up you're telling that about how you got in there and you seen the palms you want to sort of take us through that hunt again so we're kind of the second day in looking at all the property and we stopped to look at this massive opening and i spotted very far away a uh group of deer they couldn't tell that they had antlers or anything like that I tried to point them out to dad and jerry and they're like no they're just sheep they're just sheep and i, I was just very certain that they were deer, so I was uh, very, let's go and have a look. Yeah. So we did, got a bit closer, and Dad's like, whoa, one of them has antlers, because they were velvet, so you couldn't really see them in the sunlight unless the sun hit it in a particular way. So we both all agreed to put a stalk on it. Um, Dad and I kind of had rock, paper, scissors, who's going to shoot it? <laughs> and then um, we, we were faced with a very difficult situation. It was very open which was good but it was too open there was no cover for us so we kind of had to walk very out of the distance out of their clear sight and we couldn't see them at all and then come up above them and that's with the hope that they hadn't worn, wandered off because at that point in time they were wandering feeding very early hours in the morning so we, very, we took a gamble and it paid off as soon as we went over that rise and I just saw the palms of these this uh, fellow stag definitely got my heart racing and uh, took one very nice ethical shot straight through the heart and lungs and yeah. So how, how did you go it. through that? I imagine I was taught at a very young age to not look at antlers too much before the shot because it is 
obviously the main reason yes. for buck fever. Did you did you feel a little bit of that, um, or did you stay cool, calm, and collected? I want to say I stayed cool, calm, and collected, but not really. There yeah. was about four. It was a bachelor herd actually, so I had kind of had to identify which one I wanted to take. And I saw that this one was the biggest, and I looked at the antlers, and definitely that was what got me shaking because hinds they're definitely easier to shoot. Yeah. Um, but I kind of just took a really deep breath and kind of just like, you can have buck fever after this. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, just, I was very lucky, but. So what about your, your rifle you're using? At the moment? Yeah. So I use a Tika T3 3006. Yeah. Uh, in the past, I used a Howa 308. That yep. was my dad's and like, then I got my gun, li- my full gun license and purchased my own. Um, I absolutely love my Tika. Yeah. Does everything. Yeah, I, I use them. My son's just brought his own ones. They're, they're very nice rifles. So. Yeah, love the bolt action. It's so smooth and just, yeah, yeah it does everything. <laughs> yeah. So another part of what I've noticed about you and your family is it's all about the, the, the field-to-plate type yes. set up and, and clean eating. So mm-hmm. you're pretty hands-on in that yourself. Yeah, very much so. So me and my dad had the rule if you shoot it, you've got to clean it up. Yeah. You've got to put it in the fridge and work out all the yeah the logistics of it all so is that field dressing too so you're getting um, involved yes in that? yeah definitely yeah. yeah i'm not afraid to get my hands dirty definitely yeah. help um first few times i always had to sit back and watch yeah but no definitely yeah definitely help with all that and then the home butchering yep yeah, that's just self-taught or um a lot of that's actually taught by jerry grundy so yep. when we were in south australia we shot about four animals in the first four days so we on about the seventh day we had so much meat we had to dress up and I just sat and watched him do two back legs and then I just sort of mimic what he did and then yeah obviously it's bigger scale on a samba deer but yeah. the same theories apply follow the muscle group yeah. cut the membrane and then yeah yeah excellent you're, you're certainly a very accomplished young lady when it comes to, to hunting and, and meat processing so the next thing would be your, your involvement in the SSAA Deer Stalkers Club so how did how did that come about? Um, and, yeah. and how did you end up being a vice president of a hunting organisation at such a young age? Well, um, back when I was about 14, 15, my dad took me along to one of these members because he'd taken my brothers and I wanted to see what it was all about. And it was actually their AGM, so they were electing a new um, committee and everything like that. Um, they were looking for a new editor, so the editor of the magazine at the time wanted, was wanting to pull away. Um, we kind of just sat there and listened and then some, I'm not sure if somebody approached my dad or my dad approached somebody on the committee and he nominated me. I kind of was like, why not? You get as much as you put into a club. You can't expect everything out if you don't, you're not willing to help out. So I took on the role as editor, me and my dad Together we helped put the edit the magazine together, went to committee meetings, kind of got involved. And then we had a few issues with our president last year, the year before, and the vice president had to step up to vice president, president so that means that the um, vice president position was open. The committee approached me and asked me if I wanted the position. I was definitely not expecting it, but wasn't no hesitation to take up the position. Um, to me, it's m- the more you put in, the more you get out. And it's not... I just love being able to share a passion with people that have a common interest and being able to 
make a change, pretty much. So you joined the committee as a 14-year-old? Yes. 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 So that that is amazing in itself. So to to be able to sit there and have a have a voice amongst yeah. what is largely a group of middle-aged men and and yeah yeah no that's that's very good. Thank you. Um, what what does a vice presidency role entail for you? Um, so definitely attending meetings and having an opinion is the biggest one. Being able to um, keep the club running and organising events like we have our celebration of the hunt in November. Um, this was our 50th year, so we had a lot of organisation with how we're going to give back to the members and appreciate the fact that we've had this club for 50 years. Um, so a lot of hands-on with that sort of stuff. Um, I sell raffle tickets at the meetings. I help run the meetings. Um, I also still put the um, the magazine together with my dad. Yeah. Um, so is that a monthly? That's a monthly magazine. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's kind of like a newsletter. Yeah. All the members put their stories in. Um, we also do shot expo. So if anybody's wanting to join the club, we're there at the shot expo with the double S double A. Yeah. We've got our sub. Sub branch, um, yeah. yeah. The club has a lot to offer. So, can you tell us a bit about the club? So, yeah. I, I, I can openly say that I didn't know much about it. I knew it existed, but I hadn't had much to do with it. So, yeah. So, we are a sub club of the WSWA, so the Sporting Shooters Association of Australia. We are one of the longest standing hunting clubs. Um, we've been. This is our fiftieth year. Um, yeah, it's run out of Springvale yes, Rifle Range. Yes, it's run out range. of the Springvale Rifle Range. We have meetings every third Wednesday of the month um, where we have guest speakers, people from places like Miles Gun Shop come. We had people from Lower Boots, which was really cool. Um, guest speakers like Reg Gordon comes along and shares his knowledge and he's actually a member of our club. Yeah. Um, we have awards such as stalk awards, photo competitions, things to get people involved um, we also have a um, a lodge up at Woods Point which is like facilities um, for all members that want to go hunting up there we provide free hunting train hunter training for all new members which is a big thing um, and that's run over three weekends so it's a day in the classroom and then a few days in the bush where you actually get to go out and put all the knowledge you've learned in the classroom out but it goes over ethical shooting, everything, pretty yeah. much. Um, but our club base is based around fair chase. Yeah. So stalking. So a lot of the club awards, it it's stipulated that there's no dogs involved. Yeah. No yeah. dogs. Yep. 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 Uh, the hunter education. So it's run across those weekends. Yep. Does it cover field dressing and? and yep. Yeah. We even have uh, taxidermists come and cape an animal out. Okay. So live demonstration. Yeah. So I, I do get a lot of queries about that type of yep. uh, experience. So obviously this is an opportunity for the, the club to offer that up. Yeah, so yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, how do people look to joining? So obviously you can go to the SHOT Show. Yeah, the SHOT Show is a good way to... Um, good point of contact where we yep. will have membership forms there if anybody wants to join then and there but if you're a member of the SSAA it's a $20 joining fee yeah and then you're a member so that entitles you to all of our competitions all of our club hunts all of the hunter training and all of the meetings um you can actually 
email myself and my dad at dearsign at gmail at hotmail.com. Yep. Um, any inquiries about the club, I'm more than happy to answer to. Otherwise, you can contact me through Instagram or we actually have an Instagram page as well. Deerstalkers underscore club. Yep. Um, we answer all inquiries about the club as well. Um, and there's a website as well. There is a so website. So people want a bit more information there. That is being updated at the moment. So not all the information is true and correct. Um, that will be altered in the future. Yeah. Is on our agenda. Um, yeah, there's definitely multiple ways to get... And guests can attend some meetings yes. and just observe what, yeah, the, what the club is all about. What it has to offer. You're yep. Everyone's more than welcome to come to a meeting. It's on the third Wednesday of every month down at the Springvale Gun Range. Yep. Um, yeah, you're more than welcome to come. And We have people from Hunt Shake, Hunt Shack come in, not this month, but the next month. Okay. So that would be a good presentation if anybody wants to come and listen to what they have to say. Yep. Uh, so before the meetings, there's obviously meals and stuff like that and the bar open too, so that'll yep. attract a few people down there, have yeah. a meal, have a beer and then listen to the club meetings. So yeah, no, it's, it's a great way to talk about pe- talk to people who, even if you're a new hunter and you're just wanting to kind of learn a little bit, people are very open yep. if, you're, if you ask the right questions. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's really good. I think it's got a lot... There's a lot of people, and the more people we've got joining clubs, yep. the safer hunting in the future for us will be. So there's a lot of people that are active hunters, but they're not actively involved in clubs. So yeah. it is important. what Whatever club it is that you do join, it is important because governments only look at numbers and membership numbers. They don't look at anything else. So. No, definitely. <coughs> it very, very, would be very good to start getting the younger generation into this club because, unfortunately, majority of our members are quite... Yep. of the later generation so yeah definitely encouraging new new hunters to come in and have a look at what we have to offer yeah so i think that that link is obviously the social media stuff which you're yep. driving a bit from the club's yep. perspective so yeah definitely trying to yeah. put our name out there yeah um you're also involved in competitive shooting yeah so i was asked to join um the odrma competition this year um by one of our actual members on the committee um she helps run it all um it's just open site 22s yep down at spring of our gun range um and i kind of saw it as a great way to practice shooting and it has been it's really helped my sort of um my breathing a lot i worked on and like knowing when to pull the trigger and to not look through like through, uh, look at the target too often because yep. then you start moving around and overthinking it yeah and a bit of trigger control and body Very positioning and definitely yeah yeah to just be more aware of how you're standing when you're going to take a shot and how it's going to hit you even though it's only 22s and there's no recoil it's still stuff i can transfer to when i'm sighting in my 3006 yeah so what what is the shooting entailing so is it 50 meters at 100 meters or 20 10 meters 10 meters yep freehand freehand yeah open sights it's harder than everybody believes. Yeah, I bet. So open sight shooting is almost something that's disappearing. But Yes. Well, in our club, we actually have an open sight hunt weekend up at Woods Point. So we encourage people to come and shoot with open sights to kind of blast from the past. Yeah. So we still try and live that tradition. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... uh, it's, Yeah, I enjoy the RUDRMA. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, What... What are your future plans? Have you got any 
plans to go overseas or? Yes, me and my dad are pretty much certain we're going to go to Mexico next year in November to go shoot some white-tailed deer. Yeah. Um, we were tossing up between Stewart Island and Mexico, but obviously the numbers and the genetics are better in Mexico and more kind of guaranteed an animal. Yeah. Um, apart from that, just kind of wanting to tick off my bucket list. So my goal is to get the Australian Grand Slam by the time I'm 21. Yeah. Okay, so you're already well and truly on the way with that. Yeah. Half the species. Half so. Yeah. But yeah, just keep kind of working my way. Yeah. And then obviously my dream animal would be a zebra, as I mentioned before. Yeah. Yeah. So Africa, it's a, I think, so that previous podcast we did cover off on some of this. So I've got to make sure that I don't leave some of what the information that was lost in that last yeah. one now. So there's actually two species of zebra yeah. in Africa, which I was unaware of, but a friend inform me of and I think it's interesting that yeah, most people when you ask that question they're like oh I want a moose or I want an elk or a grizzly bear or yeah but zebra is yeah it's pretty yeah. cool I'm not sure why just since I was a little kid I've always been drawn to them and yeah kind of seen some of the way that people do taxidermy them and I've seen somebody make a gun bag out of the skin and that was yeah. that was really cool kind of utilizing all of it yeah Definitely. so any other African species while you're there um I mean, yeah, I'd like to tick off a few, but mainly just zebra. I mean, yeah. elk and a moose are more sort of what I w- want to target as well. But, yeah, kind of see where where life takes me. Yeah. So the plan's are already well underway to go to New Mexico, yeah? Yep, yep, yep definitely. And then also a lot of backpack hunting. Um, a lot of solo hunting is what I want to start getting into. Yeah. Once I get a little bit more confident with my surroundings. Um, yeah, that's in the near future. Yeah. So... The, the Australian slam, yep. so not the, the South Pacific slam, something different that a lot of people target. That's a lot of the New Zealand mm-hmm. species, but um, what do you need on that? So I need a chittle, a rusa, um, and a red. Yeah. Yep. So you've arguably got the toughest in, in the hog deer. I definitely so would say the hog deer That's generally would be the, the last one people tick off. So you pay big money for it as well. Yeah. But I was very lucky to get a public land one. Yeah. So what what are your plans to, to achieve the goal? So you've got three years to get there? Yes, so Chittle, um, hopefully February next year. Yep. And then looking to go to Queensland and get a nice rooster. Yep. Um, as Dre kind of convinced me to get a rooster from Queensland. Yep. And then I'm not sure where to go for the reds yet. Yep. Kind of just looking at where, what's kind of got the good genetics and yep. good numbers about of them. Yeah, yeah. so there's obviously the, the couple original release herds which was the grampians in victoria yep. but the numbers are, are quite limited and a lot of the animals are confined to the national parks and then there's the brisbane valley which they've been there probably the longest of all of them but then we've got all these little sub herbs across the whole yep. east coast so yeah, yeah exactly yeah i'm not looking for like a 20 20 point just a nice 12 point representation yeah that's what i'm looking for yeah cool um so I guess you covered off the bucket list hunt, but is there anything else if you were told you can have this? Is it is it the zebra or if you... if you? Um, yeah, it'd be the zebra. Yeah, Definitely cool. the zebra. I mean, the other thing that I'd absolutely love would be an um, old mongrel stag, salmon stag. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's a big trophy. Yeah. Seeing that they've gone to their prime and passed it and they're still alive. Yeah. Like that's... To my dad, that's his next bucket list yeah. is the mongrel stag. But yeah, yeah. it's definitely there. All right, so probably it's going to be one of the more difficult things to answer, but how, how, firstly, have you had 
any negative feedback on being a young woman hunter and how have you dealt with it? Yeah, so I do get quite a lot. Um, I posted a photo recently of my dad and myself um, keeping an animal and I got a lot of negative comments from that and people messaging me on my Instagram. Um, easiest way to just get over it is just don't answer them. It's not worth your time. You got I've got nothing nice to say to them, so I'm not going to say anything to them at all. Um, I get... I used to get a lot of people, like my personal friends, get having a problem with it and like blocking me from Instagram. So that's why I started my hunting account. And people that want to hunt me or who want to follow me can follow me. And if they don't, then it's up to them. Yeah. Um, not telling anybody to follow me or look at my stuff, but it's there for the people that want to. Um, the easiest way is just to ignore it. Yeah. So you, it's mainly based to. Social media, or do you get it? Did you get it throughout school from teachers or anything like that? Yes, I did. I actually <coughs> did a taxidermy fox for my year 12 art project, and that caused a lot of backlash. So, my actual art teacher didn't like taxidermy, didn't think it was an art form. So, I actually went to the didn't um, think it was an art form. That's it's sculpture, outlandish. Yes, yeah, she was very against it. Um, so I actually went to the Department of Education and looked up the rules and what I can and it stated that if unless somebody in my class had a problem with it, I can go ahead with it. And I asked all my classmates, they were fine with it and I ended up getting a pretty good score for it. Really from that teacher that wasn't happy yeah. or a different teacher? Uh, no, that was the VCE, so yeah. it was a okay. kind of panel of judges, yeah. yeah. Cool. So is there any advice you would give to any young female hunters coming through experiencing the same stuff? Yes, um, you are. it is going to affect you, obviously. Some of the things I can say are pretty nasty, but the only thing I can say is try to not let it affect you. Don't let it stop doing what you're doing because at the end of the day, it's your life. As long as you're not hurting anybody or doing anything illegal, they can't control what you do. Just block them. You don't need to see what they need, what they have to say. The easiest thing is just to forget about it. Yeah. It's hard, but you can do it. Yeah. All right, and then... From a hunting perspective, is there any advice you could give to, uh, obviously, any young hunter coming in? Is there a certain challenge that you found or is there a bit, certain piece of advice that you just sits yeah. in your mind? Yeah. Don't give up. Persistence yeah. is key. Like, there's so many times that I go hunting with my dad and sometimes we don't even see anything. But I come home with a smile on my face. Be grateful that we're able to hunt these animals. Like, take New South Wales. Their hunting's yeah. so restricted. Yeah. Just be grateful that, yeah, you've got this opportunity and don't expect to go shoot a 30-inch stag on your first go because it just does, doesn't yeah. happen. So, some people it happens to. Yeah, some people. Not, not, many, not many, but it does, yes. But yeah, just don't compare yourself to others. Yeah, awesome. It's good up. advice. Yeah. You're much wiser beyond your age. <laughs> so obviously being, that's one of the, the positive connotations of hunting and, and being... Look, being involved in the club and, and being around mature people is yeah. that that's trans, transpiring or transferring onto yeah. you. So, yeah. Um, you, you do have a sponsorship? Yeah, so um, the Girl Way is an upcoming company. Um, they've just actually released their own personal stuff. Um, yeah, I'm doing a partnership with them where I'm an ambassador and sort of a sponsor. There will be a lot more things to come. If you keep an eye out on my Instagram, everything's kind of just started in the making. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well done. That's Thank you. reward for effort. So Yeah. yeah. Um, we mentioned social media quite a bit, so where can people find you? Yep. So my 
hunting account is Tegan's hunting, Tegan's underscore hunting underscore adventures. Yep. And yeah, that's the easiest way to contact me. Even about club inquiries, I'm more than happy to answer them. Yeah, okay, cool. And no Facebook? Uh, you, my Facebook is Tegan Wilson. I still yep. do answer. I don't post a lot about hunting on there. Okay. But yeah. Yeah, I, I stop using Facebook because it's just so anti-hunting. It's yeah. not funny and people pushing their agendas onto you and you've got no control over it. At least oh, Instagram, goodness. you can see what you want and you can exactly. post what you want within yeah. reason. So. Yeah, you can block people's from commenting and all that, which is yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Cool. Well, that was an awesome chat. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank um, you for having me. And I'm sure we'll have you back on at some stage and see how you're progressing for the, the Australian Slam and maybe a hunt recap on the Whitetail in New Mexico. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, definitely look forward to it. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Thank you all very right. much. Thanks, Tegan. Thank you for listening to the Hunting Camp Down Under podcast. If you would like any information from today's show, please don't hesitate to contact us on huntingcampdownunder at gmail.com or simply hit us up on any of our social media outlets on Instagram or Facebook. Be sure to join us next week for another awesome episode and we look forward to sharing another story from Hunting Camp Down Under. Bye for now.